0: What if you had the chance to talk about sustainability and the role of farmers on a world stage? It's a big opportunity, and in this episode, we talk with someone who did just that at the recent World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Erin Fitzgerald is the Chief Executive Officer of U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action. Her organization was invited to Davos, Switzerland, for the World Economic Forum event in late May. Usually held in winter, this springtime meeting came after a pandemic year when the event was canceled. In Davos, world leaders, financial executives, and dozens of organizations converge on the highest point in Europe to tackle some big issues. For Fitzgerald, it was an opportunity to not only explain the role of agriculture in providing food, but also boosting global sustainability. She shares what the experience was like and offers some tips for growers who may someday find themselves talking with non-farmers about key topics. We were laughing a bit as we started our conversation, but there are some serious issues covered here. Erin Fitzgerald, welcome to Around Farm Progress.
1: Hi, well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: And We're talking today, you are just back from a very nice part of the world, Davos, Switzerland, which Focus of the World was there last week on the World Economic Forum, which has been going on for quite a while. But I guess I have this first question. Why is the CEO of USFRA going to Switzerland in May?
1: Yeah, no, I think we were asking ourselves the same question. Um, But we've been working for this for quite some time to make certain that um, world leaders and financial leaders and business leaders actually started seeing agriculture and our farmers in particular as a solution to the transition to a net zero economy and that they're really the eco workforce, but they're often just left out of the conversation. So um, over the last two years, um, we've been working on this effort called the Decade of Agriculture. It's a common vision to say that, you know, farmers are a solution. We need all hands on deck when we think about the effects of climate change, but most importantly, investing in agriculture is the backbone of any economy. So when we got the call, we're like, yes, we we will show up and and we will be there.
0: So we were invited to come, right? I mean, that's how this works?
1: Yeah. So um, there's about 3,000 presidents, mostly presidents and CEOs of organizations. And this was the first time that food and agriculture took center stage. Um, So there was three different farmer groups. We were one of those. Another one was from Africa. And then the other was World Farmers Organization. And this is really on the heels of last year's United Nations Food System Summit. And then also the Russian crisis obviously has put front and center that, um, gosh, you know, we we know in COVID we can do without a lot of things, but I don't think food was on anyone's list to do without, right? So um, I think what we saw, what we were trying to message is that this has been an undercurrent for quite some time. Don't let the sense of urgency. Obviously, there's a sense of urgency in the ag economy, and we want to make sure we're feeding people. But in general, this sector has been underinvested in for a long time. And we wanted to raise awareness to really many of the financial leaders that this is is how our economy works. Agriculture is often taken for granted.
0: Well, it is. And I think that when you get into this deeper uh, environmental stewardship governance conference conversation, which I think was all over Davos last week. Um, And there's some controversy about that as well. But ag does kind of get left out of this. And do you get a sense that they even understand the level of investment in technology, for example, that the U.S. farmer has made in their business?
1: I don't. You know, I I went to on on Tuesday. There was definitely two different Davos going Mm -hmm. on. So there was The one side of Davos, which was like Bitcoin and technology is going to save the world. And then the conversations that I was in was really like, if we don't feed people now, if we can't clear the ports, um, we're going to see a ripple effect. Um, And that farmers are the solution to an an economy. You've got to invest in them. Um, And so those two different conversations, I feel like is a little bit how the American public feels, you know, like. (laughs) On the on the one hand, we're talking about all these this fancy stuff, and then on the other hand, we're like, we gotta eat. Inflation is going up, um, and and rural America in general is getting left behind. So, you know, what are you doing, uh, investors, to really double down and invest in the basics? You know, I think that that is kind of was my big takeaway. Um, and when it comes to ESG investment, I I was uh, on stage in in many of the sessions, going, okay. We care about the environment, right? Like, well, what's the what I know you're talking about all this other fancy stuff to invest in, but like I'm pretty certain that nature has made this thing called brown things and green things, and those things like suck carbon out of the air. The plants and our animals and soil eat carbon for lunch every day. It's nature's mm-hmm. living machine. So, what if we invested in that as a start? You yeah. <laughs> know.
0: It's hard to get their attention for that kind of thing. I mean, you bring up the point that, you know, the Bitcoin of the world and they're all excited. The other side of it, you and I are sitting in uh, the Midwest going, uh, did we get all the beans in? Have we got all the corn in? I mean, there's there's that basic certain tactics must happen. And when you talk about investing in farming, they talk about tech. It's kind of odd that the big investment we want in farming is broadband Internet so we can do a better job raising the crops we have, Right.
1: Right. So, you know, Internet came up. I was talking to one financial investor and he was talking about aviation fuels and solar and wind. I said, absolutely. And where do you think all of that is coming from? Agriculture, the solar, the wind, those go on agriculture lands, the jet fuel and aviation that comes from agriculture. So it was almost like connecting the dots um, a little bit um, that ag actually transcends if they talk about the environment, if you're talking about energy. That's agriculture, if you're talk, especially when we talk about renewables, that is definitely agriculture. Oh, yeah. If we're talking about social governance, you know there is what we do in our urban communities and how we grow and produce food affects every single community in the world. In fact, I would argue we're the one sector that not only has a footprint, we can reduce our footprint, but we have a handprint. We, if we do not, we literally reach out and touch a community three times a day. And in some cases, that's not true. So um, I was really pleased to see that food security was front and center on the agenda um, as well. David uh, Beasley did a great job really raising awareness, um, and he would be a great person to put on the the podcast, but um, that we uh, in the Odessa ports, if we don't clear them, you know, it's almost a declaration of war on humanity and hunger. Um, which I thought was a very provocative, but very real statement that those leaders needed to hear. Um, and that it's we have to invest in agriculture. One of the things we were talking about is that if we think about climate change and even man-made effects, right, right. Uh, right. we have to think about the flight that happens with hunger. So if you put some, David Beza was saying, if you put somebody and you now have to feed them Uh, someone leaving from Africa and now moving to Europe, it's $80 a day. We can feed them for 50 cents a day. But even more so, if we invest in growing food, it's only 7 cents a day. So, you know, part of the message to the financial leaders, David was really hitting on the food security side. I was really hitting it on the homegrown, plant-based solutions and animal-based. We can fix climate change, and that's the backbone of the economy. It's like, just do the math. I mean, the investing in agriculture has an economic investment now versus if you wait 2030, 20, 2040, 20, 2050.
0: 20, yeah, and we've got to get ahead of it because obviously by 2050, we've got a population problem. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I find and I'm going to a couple, an international event like this though is you get into the concept of the developing country and what we're leaving on the table there. Like you said, as David Beasley noted, if they leave Africa and move to Europe, It's a high cost but if they stay in africa and raise their food and build their economy it's it's huge for the world right
1: absolutely you know i think that this is where north america and and the united states can really lead we have a demonstrated track record of investing in soil nrcs from the very get-go was the really what we talk about open source these days that was the first open source protocol we made soil mapping available uh for everyone and then we provided tools and we invested in innovation. It, I can imagine uh, in 10 years' time that we will be exporting, and we already are, but even more so, our technology, our consulting related to agritech. Um, so we won't be just exporting grains and, and uh, animal proteins, but we're gonna be the world's best on agritech.
0: So, one of the challenges going to an event like this is dealing with the um, misconceptions about our our cost to the environment. And that, of course, is the livestock side. Um, You have an event coming up, I believe, uh, in later this month to kind of get past some of the myths. But when you were in Davos, how did you overcome some of those myths when everybody was like, well, I think we should remove. I think even they did this at Davos. They removed the meat based foods or reduced the amount of meat based foods in the menu that was available. I mean, how do you get past some of that?
1: You know, I think we we have um, long in agriculture not really come together and really raised our voice in yeah. really strong ways. And that's part of why we go to these uh, things is to really kind of make certain that we're almost trying to bring a little bit of logic. So when I re- speak to the cow, I always say, what well, what grows together goes together, right? So, you know, in the United States, we actually have the rangelands that um, – If you look at our topography, that is why we grow beef. And it's quite likely that we should be growing beef on on those lands. There's nothing else we could do. But also you kind of, um, I said, when we have a Petri dish meat, right, Mm -hmm. that is a protein per protein. That's another question. If you agree that those proteins are the same, great. But that cow also is doing a lot of other unique stuff from an economic and environmental perspective perspective. One, it's nature's original solar machine, right? So it's taking plants and it's upcycling it, human inedible, and upcycling it. We get meat, we get milk, but we also get bio-based products that kick out fossil fuel and chemically derived products. We get leather goods. And then the most important thing we get is poop. You know, we don't talk about that, but I try to, uh, at a finance conference, it's always great to throw that out there. But You cannot underestimate. There's over 400 little bugs inside the ruminant animal and those bugs then translate to the land. So when we think about emissions, it's not just what's going up into the air. It's also what's going down below the land that you can't see. So agriculture is not, it's a biogenic cycle. It is nature's carbon. It's green carbon. We want to eliminate black carbon. Got to get rid of it. We want everything to come from the surface of the earth. So when we recycle this bottled water, that's gray carbon, right. right? Right. But green carbon is biogenic carbon. We can grow anything. We can enable bioeconomy through green carbon. So I just keep saying black, get rid of it. Gray, keep it going. Try to do best. But we have got to make sure every single product comes from green carbon, and therefore you need an animal, therefore you want biofuels, therefore you want everything. My Nikes should be... No, shouldn't, I shouldn't just aspire to have them res- with recycled plastics. It should be all bio-based. We want everything right. to come from the surface of the earth rather than the inner of the earth.
0: That's a good story to tell. It's interesting. It makes, agriculture is always about turning something that's not edible into something I can eat. I mean, really, uh, that's kind of the basis. Um, and that's it's a complicated process to explain that to people who have really gotten divorced from agriculture. It's like, if the food's available, they're not complaining. When the food's not available, everybody pays attention. So that's part of the challenge. Anything else you picked up when you were at the World Economic Forum that you want farmers to know? I mean, any senses that you think farmers can do to be a part of this conversation?
1: Well, I would say definitely get involved in U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action. Um, you know, together we're, we're more and more impactful. But I think what I really want the farmer to know is that – the, the world is changing. We're trying to shed light on the hard work. I know that right now everyone is in springtime. It is incredibly hard. The markets are uncertain. You know, we are trying to raise awareness that the financial markets and financial leaders and, and CEOs of companies need to see our farmers as equal partners and that they have been doing a great job, but this is no longer business as usual. You know, if I look at the economics of our farming Plus, what's what really is happening with the, a changing climate? These extreme and episodic events, and market disruption. We have to make sure we have stable supply chains, good economics, forward pricing, and, and investment in our in our farmers. Almost every farmer I know is taking on more risk than they should bear. Yeah. And um, you know, we're fighting to make sure there's a better business model. I don't have all the answers now, but I'm 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 definitely raising awareness that it's time to invest in the American farmer.
0: So one of the things about an event like Davos is all those panels and the fancy chairs. I mean, you look at the pictures; they're pretty good. The background's nice, but it's the one-on-ones. You're sitting at lunch with somebody, or you're standing around. I'm, Let's be clear. There's cocktail parties. It is Davos. Um, You're just having that conversation. And you and I've done this at events as well. When you're at those things, what's the one on one kind of conversation like after you've been at a panel and you're maybe at a reception later or just a break? What kind of conversations are you having one on
1: one with some of these folks? Okay, so definitely, I always get the conversation that cows. Like, tell me about the cows, right? Which we, we talked <laughs> yeah. about. Uh, the other one is just that um, American farming is destructive. We shouldn't be exporting it, and um, you're you're plowing up all types of land, and there's no biodiversity. And I, I was talking to a very senior person who's in charge of biodiversity. I said, Oh my gosh, you know, you might have been right back in the '60s, but I would love to get you on a farm because why don't you just come visit, you know, book your ticket and I'll get you on some farms because I don't know if you know this, but conservation is now the size of California and New York combined. And whenever I go on a farm, um, they'll show me the crops, but then there's this little project that's usually for their grandchildren that's over here. And that happens to do with biodiversity. So they're not getting paid for it, but the conservation is happening that you want. And so would encourage you to always say, get your boots dirty, get the suits to the boots. You know, my my I almost all those cocktail parties or side events. Right. It's really they to create a safe space that they can ask the questions. Um always invite them to the farm. Um, but have the facts because I think sometimes um a lot happens in the media. You know, we're on a, a podcast right now and it's great because you are from agriculture, so you know some of these questions. Right, right. But um often the sound bites get the headlines but then you get people to think like oh yeah this is coming from the sun oh yeah photosynthesis this (laughs) you know fourth
0: grade (laughs) science yeah i know
1: but but quite frankly when you see this stuff you forget Uh, and also um climate change let's be honest that word our farmers don't like neither do business leaders um everyone's scared by that topic so how do you make the conversation approachable um you know, we can sit around and talk about this for a long time. One of the things I'll say is, like, of course we can wait for Elon. You know, he's doing a great job. We've got 10 years. But at the same time, can't agriculture start those plants in our farms? They can start sequestering now while we wait for Elon. You know, so there. stop. Um, I guess my what I talk to a lot of financial leaders are, you're smart finance folks, right? The number one rule in finance is what? Take a portfolio approach. So yes. you can't just bet on Elon. You've got to best invest in other places. That would be our farmers. The second thing you talk about in finance is have a good product. Well, okay, these brown things and green things. I, I don't know other m- machines that can do it. But the, the third thing every finance leader does, they invest and take bets on people all the time. Yep. Yep. CEOs alike, companies for company culture. I can't think of another culture that wakes up at five o'clock in the morning and is dedicated to making this land better for the next generation. Take a bet on the American farmer. We have the people, we have the know-how, we have the heart. But you forgot about us.
0: Yeah, that's true. And it's just interesting. And you when you talk about that person asking you those questions, and you, I think the first question I like to ask him is, so when when was the last time like you were actually on a farm, really, just tell me. Even aides in D.C., they work for our senators and and representatives. And and groups like yours, as well as our commodity groups, corn growers and soybean association, are doing a marvelous job of getting those folks out of D.C., out of the beltway and onto real farms. But we need to keep doing that, whether it's Um, Your banker, you know, if you're working with a banker, hey, come on, have him out for lunch. Have him walk around the farm. Don't be afraid to show him stuff. I mean, that's important, too. We got to get this message out. Aaron, I really appreciate your time today. This is fascinating. Thanks for making the trip to making the sacrificial trip to Switzerland to tell the story. (laughs) We joke about that, but we have to make these kind of investments in agriculture so the world knows what we're up to. We appreciate your work at USFRA. Thanks again and good to talk to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Talking with Aaron Fitzgerald from USFRA is always informative. Her work in carrying the farm message to Davos, Switzerland is a start at broadening the conversation. During her talk, she mentioned David Beasley, who is the executive director of the World Food Program and also a great voice for agriculture. And we might take Aaron up on that idea of having Mr. Beasley on the podcast sometime soon. Thanks, Erin, for joining me today. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs, and our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.